Hello everyone, welcome to episode number 18 of Starting to Know Business Podcast with your host, with your friend, Ishu Singh. If you are listening to this podcast for the very first time, Starting to Know Business Podcast is all about exploring the unexplored depths of the business world because in this business world we are always learning something new. If you are a repeat listener, it's going to take one minute, maybe less than one minute to give me a five-star review with awesome feedback so that I can learn and improve from the mistakes that I'm doing. For this episode, I decided I'm going to talk about risk management. I said instead of talking myself about the whole topic, I invited a Zeitgeist podcast in this episode of Starting to Know Business so that you can learn about the risk mitigation stories and how we mitigated the risk and what are the strategies that you can choose to mitigate the risk. Zeitgeist podcast is all about leadership, all about strategy. So if you haven't subscribed to Zeitgeist podcast yet, so go to Zeitgeist podcast. Let's welcome Yura from Zeitgeist. Hi Yura, welcome to the pod and thanks for inviting me to your pod. Yeah, super nice. Nice to hear you, Ishu. Um, yeah, welcome to Zeitgeist Leadership Pulse. Um, yeah, it's great to talk to you and to be part of your podcast today. Awesome, likewise. And this is a collaboration episode, people. This is a collaboration episode between me and Yuda from Zeitgeist Podcast. If you're listening to my voice on my podcast, starting to know, then go to Yuda's podcast, Zeitgeist Leadership Pulse. Is that right? Did I yeah. pronounce it right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly it. The risk. We're going to talk about the risk, how to take risk to move your business forward. That was our conversation that we decided, okay, this we're going to talk about this in this episode. Is that right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, okay. Yura, why don't you tell me about the risk that you might have taken in the previous years or for this business that you're doing right now or for any other business? Let's talk, let's talk about the risk. Then I will share my journey with you, like how I did it and what kind of risk I took in my life. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I think risk is, um, is one of these subjective topics, isn't it? Because if I asked our finance manager what risk was, it'd be a completely different answer to what my answer is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for entrepreneurs, um, you know, people who set up their own business or have business ideas, risk is a whole another ball game. And in fact, I think we almost thrive on risk because new things require risk. Innovation requires risk. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I, as, as a business owner, tend to do is I, I look at, you know, what are others doing but not in order to copy them, but to see, you know, what can I do differently? And of course, as soon as you do something that's off the beaten track, you're taking a risk. But the beauty of that is, of course, you know, we learn and we might actually find something um, that's really, really valuable that nobody else thought of. So that's sort of my my take on risk. And having set up a business myself, um, yeah, it is risky because, of course, in the beginning, you don't quite know what you're going to earn. You don't know is it going to work out? Am I going to find the right clients? But by having set up Zeitgeist uh, communication, I think, you know, there will always be a risk, but I'm not too worried about it because in my mind, risk is also ca- a calculated risk. So good, good business people calculate some of their risk beforehand. 
True, true. And the the risk is kind of inherent part of the business. Like if you want to start something, like if someone wants to start something, there has to be some kind of risk. Now, that risk can be defined into many categories. That is fine. Like it can be personal risk because if you're doing business and if it is just the starting point of that business, it's going to consume a lot of your time. And you might be not you might not be able to give that time to your family or someone else. That's kind of a personal risk, but there are monetary risk as well. If you are trying to launch something that is going to interfere with some of the government policies or something like that, that you might have to do the legal counseling, talk to the lawyers, spend money there. And if your business is risky in a way that, okay, it can impact or it can harm someone, then you might have to take insurance risk, cover that risk with the use of insurance. And I did it. So there is there is always kind of a risk that I just talked about, but the thing that we people like, okay, when someone is starting the business, not everybody, not everyone is having that luxury. Okay, uh, my family is already having too much money, or I can spend that money in some kind of my new business venture. Not everybody in, is having that kind of leverage. So, what I did, I'm gonna give you my example. Like I was doing a job, uh, I was doing a job like many years back, and uh, so at that time, I got a little bit of time available for me and where I was thinking in a way that, okay, these businesses are getting the candidates in a way that, okay, if they are putting a job out there and if someone is applying to that job, thousands of people are applying to that job, uh, 500 candidates or thousand candidates are applying for that job. Now they got 500 candidates to filter from that was a kind of a big game for the businesses because if you're hiring for a leadership role and if you have to go through these many amount of candidates it's going to be hard so what i did i thought okay i'm going to build something i'm going to build some kind of software tool that that's going to help the the companies to kind of filter the candidates already before uh, they they go for the interview session so what I did, I said, okay, I'm going to build a software for doing that. When I started looking for the calculation, it was costing me thousands of dollars. So what I did, so here comes the risk part again. So that was a monetary thing. I was not having the money at that time to spend. Like it was approximately, I'm going to give you an example. I think it was 50,000, 60,000, whatever, like just take an example. So it was a huge risk for me at that time. I said, okay, I don't know. I'm not from the HR field. I don't know in and outs of HR. So that was a kind of a calculation from my mind. Uh, like, okay, I don't know this field. I don't have this much money. So what I did instead, I created a PDF. Okay, I created a PDF and I put in kind of bullet points and some other key things. Okay, that's gonna help the companies to filter out the candidates, how they're gonna filter out what's going to be the advantage for them, what's going to be the advantage for the candidates. So I sent those PDF templates. It was a little bit of cold calling, cold emails, and I signed up seven massive companies and wow. made a lot of money. Yeah, just with a PDF template. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know anyone. So because I, did, I didn't have any kind of connection in any of the company. 
just the, my leverage was the product was completely new mm. at that time. I didn't, didn't, I didn't even do much research. Like, is there any other product available? Yes, I did the research, but there were online tools and those were expensive. Like mm. if some companies who were not having that much money to spend on those online tools. So what they're going to do. So I gave them the leverage in a way that, okay, I can do this in a physical way. You don't have to buy the software. Yeah. Software. When the software part came in, that was a kind of a tricky thing for me and I have to take different direction because I was not having that strong hold in the IT. So I need to involve someone else. And yeah, we started working in that direction. That was my one example, like how I took risk. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think I like that you. Um, <clears throat> so it was a big risk, but you you cut the risk in half, so to speak, or less, um, and still pursued your goal. I think that's a really good way of of looking at it. Um, so recognizing the risk and then saying, okay, how can I overcome some of it, and just making sure you start getting clients, you start getting customers, because that is the very first part of business, isn't it? To just kind of make sure you you have some kind of custom and recognizing the need they had so you obviously realized the, the need these hr people had it's great it's a really good example true you created another software didn't you um for yeah. One, yeah tell us about that a bit yeah so uh, i created many softwares in my whole journey like two other recent ones uh, one is install and another one is scabus so Scabus is the scalability of businesses, or you can say that scalable business. I cut it short and I said Scabus. So what I did is when the COVID was on the peak, I, I tried to learn the technology or try to learn the things first on my own. And then I tried to, it's my way of thinking. Then I give it to someone else or assign it to someone else in a way that, okay, they're going to do it for me. Even that's a, even that's an employee or even that's a contractor. So first I learn on my own so that no one can fool me. It's kind of a, <laughs> kind of a risk proofing yeah. for me for one side. So I learned the no code platform technology. Like it's, it's not drag and drop only like you have to learn a lot. So I, I learned that uh, on the, and, and the COVID was on the peak and I launched Scabus. Scabus is a, a kind of an app where if, the business is small. They don't know about the technology. They just know, okay, they are running. I'm going to take an example. They're running a plumbing shop or something like that. And they don't know the functional areas in depth. They just know what is HR, what is accounting, and they don't know which software needs to be used. So they're going to just click plumbing. Then they're going to click next, maybe accounting. Then they're going to click accounting and then they will see uh, the the options, the software options that they can have in order to uh, grow their business or structure their business. So mm -hmm. I built that app, kind of ease of use, and it's free. Like I didn't have anything for monetization in my mind. And I said, okay, I'm going to start it and I will figure it out on my way. Okay, how mm -hmm. this is going to work. And I got approached by people. People said, okay, they can, I can put their affiliate links on my on my app so that if someone is clicking even i can make money so yeah. um, i didn't do for i didn't go for it like it was just kind of okay i want to do something first unless i will figure it out later but install uh, it's a it's kind of a long journey i'm gonna just cut it short and just gonna explain you like install is an app that acts as a 
replacement of hard copy user manuals and warranties. Mm. I was working in the field and uh, I was part of uh, the companies of bigger giants like Nissan, GM and bigger companies. Those, those guys were making user manuals in a different way. So I, st- I thought, okay, in a different way means it was kind of more of a traditional way. They were hiring someone else um, for making their user manuals. It was kind of a tedious process. So what I did, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some kind of web app. So, and I'm going to sell it to them so that they can make the user manuals in-house. They don't have to rely on someone else. Mm-hmm. I started in that direction. But on the way, I've, I realized it's going to be hard for me to sell them directly because those are the massive companies. Even though I have the connections, it's going to be hard for me to scale it, to scale it to the level where I want to take it because it's, it's going to be a huge investment. So mm-hmm. what I did, I pivoted on my way. I said, instead of going to them directly, I'm going to have the consumer power first on my side. I launched install as a consumer app first. I said, okay, I'm going to have the users of maybe Samsung, maybe Sony, someone else like XYZ. And I'm going to have their users first on install the consumer app. And then I can approach them. Okay. Yeah. So I have your users uh, on my platform. Why don't you join us? So kind of a, so you can say that again, kind of a risk mitigation strategy that I took in that way for that business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I like it. Again, it shows just that if you combine vision um, and tenacity, I think, with mm-hmm. risk, it's actually, it can create a really good outcome. So I, I find that, um, I found that in, in my business as well. So you'll have people who are saying to you, oh no, that's just far too risky or, you know, no, do you really want to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to succeed or they're not going to pay that. You know, you have those kinds of voices coming mm-hmm. your way. But I think if you're really convinced of your idea, you need to move it forward. And you, some, you do sometimes need to say, you know what, it is a risk that maybe they won't take it, but I'll find another way as you did, you know, to kind mm-hmm. of get to the same client but you know, in a, in a maybe roundabout way. True. So yeah. And, any any example, Yura, that you want to share with us, like anything that you want to share in terms of risk uh, that you might have seen for any company. Okay, how they pivoted, or or any of your personal experience. Yes, I think personal experience. Um, so we moved um, from another country to the UK and um, I then set up my business. I had a business in, in the other country as well, mm-hmm. but I set up business here and immediately focused on the larger companies. And I think that can obviously be a risk because you have already established suppliers in the region mm-hmm. um, and you're coming in as a sort of like the newcomer, the new entrant into the market. Mm-hmm. So, I would say that was a, you know, was kind of a big decision to do that. On the other hand, it proved right because um, what I was able to bring to the table, not many were able to bring. So it's an international, you know, of an international background and, you know, quite a lot of experience in what I do. So, you know, relying on that you actually do have the know-how, I think that's, that's really important and not being afraid to put that forward. So I found that taking that risk um, has proven very successful. Um, I think with other, with, with some of my clients, um, it's interesting because I found that family businesses Mm -hmm. often don't want to take risks. Mm 
because they will always say, this is how we've always done it. Mm. And it could be, could be as simple as, oh no, we don't want to sell our products online. And you think, well, but online is a really good idea for your particular business. And it takes a long time to convince them. And part of that is because they don't quite understand how it works or they, they kind of a little bit afraid that if they put some effort into online, um, it's going to go wrong. So it's interesting to, to me to see the types of businesses that will um, step out and do something new mm-hmm. and then those that won't. And um, so I think the ones that I found that are a bit more or that are not so risk adverse are SMEs, particularly in the technology sector, because they know that innovation is really important. True. So they will step out and they will do new things. Um, they will partner, they will collaborate. So we recently during the COVID um, lockdown, uh, we collaborated with a new company to provide a service to businesses who um, need to re- restart basically after, after COVID. And so we partnered with a financial um, consultant. Mm-hmm. And so we put our sort of business strategy and marketing strategy together with a financial strategist, if you like. Mm-hmm. And it's been great. Whereas some people probably wouldn't have done that because they would have felt, oh, especially in lockdown, do you really want to start something new? Mm-hmm. But actually when the chips are down, that's when you need to take a little bit of risk. That's when you need to think outside of the box. And collaborating with others creates wonderful opportunities. Um, and so we've been able to help businesses um, rethink their business strategy, rethink their business models. You know, some of them, they, it all looks good on the outside, but then you realize if they had more interconnected conversation between finance and marketing or business development, they would do a lot better. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see how our collaboration is really, you know, opening the eyes of some of the, the businesses we're talking to. So, yeah, so I, th- I think those are some, some examples. Yeah. Think yeah. yeah. So kind of, a, it's, a, it's kind of a strategy, a stra- like it's kind of a strategy, like leadership strategy, how you can pivot, you can move your directions in a different way if things are not working or if you if you realize things are not going to work. And I'm going to give you an example. I was I was reading uh, Kodak's, Kodak, uh, that the film company, I was reading their story. So mm-hmm. what they did in, they were the earliest, like they were, I think they were the first one who's, who invented, uh, I think the films that we were using in the cameras. So in 1975, approximately i think in 1975 one of the employee invented some kind of i think it was advanced level camera or i think in, invented the first camera something like that and they said okay they 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 thought okay this is kind is kind of a different direction for them but they didn't realize that the things are going to go in a different direction like they can leverage the power of cameras as well they huh. didn't kind of change their direction like kind of strategic directions or the leadership might thought in a different way and now every other company is booming and they're they are like a kind of nowhere before it was all codec everywhere and now it's sony like it's canon and other companies so it's kind of a strategic decision sometime leaders need to take right yeah, yeah, I agree. And also, I think not being afraid to 
to lead the way. Um, I think that's really important. So if you look at the moment, I don't know uh, what it's like in Canada, but you know, we can see in the UK. So Amazon, um, for instance, has come in and will be doing um, food delivery for free. So the supermarkets here are not very happy. But to be honest, they were here before Amazon. They could have made that choice before. True. So, you know, so it, it's always a question of whether, you know, are you, are you so risk adverse that you'll always be the also run rather than the leader? Mm. And, um, yeah, this we can, interesting. We can... They're delivering it free. Yeah. They're going to do free food deliveries. Yeah. Wow. It's going to really hit the market here badly. Um, it's obviously going to be good for Amazon as always. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good example. You know, they, they stepped up, they use the technology they have, the data they have, and um, are now delivering food. So, or they will be soon in the next couple of months. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, before, before it was my thinking, okay, if small grocery stop, shops can collaborate together and they can kind of cannot beat bigger giants like Walmart, Amazon, like the, these kind of companies in terms of pricing because their pricing is very cheap compared to someone else. So I was thinking, okay, these smaller chains can collaborate with each other and can target streets in, in kind of, in terms of like, okay, um, this is my, not kind of, this is going to be my area, like in a way that, okay, if someone is going out for the delivery, they can collaborate. Okay. My person is going out for the delivery in this area. Do you have something that you want to ship? So it's kind of a faster mm -hmm. delivery. I was thinking maybe smaller mm -hmm. companies or smaller chains can do something in this way but if amazon is entering like their delivery is so fast now mm -hmm. like it's 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 gonna happen within hours so yes. or i would say like yeah it's gonna be hard really hard they have the drones they're gonna they have uh, many other things so yeah really yeah it's really hard and and we have to remember you know while Consumers, you know, over here, um, obviously through COVID, consumers are encouraged to do a local shopping um, and not to buy things from far afield. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, consumers are always interested in the, you know, the highest amount of convenience. What is the most convenience to me? I press the button and it comes to my house. I don't need to worry about anything and I don't have to pay. So, you know, there's a lot of encouragement to do certain things with smaller um, businesses and local businesses, but ultimately the consumer will decide. So that's that's going to be an interesting, um, true, true. Yeah, interesting to watch. Yuda, anything, any kind of advice for the people who are listening to us? Any kind of advice before taking major risk or risk-related mm. advice for the people who are listening? Yeah. So I think the biggest advice I would have is that take all the risk you want as long as you have a very clear goal and you have calculated what is going to cost you to implement this risky decision and so sometimes we calculate a risk and we realize oh it's a huge cost but we go with it anyway so it, it can work sometimes anyway but the point is you need to make sure you make a, an informed decision. So risk is not about making uninformed decisions. It's about making informed decisions and being very, very focused on your goal. 
True. So I think that's sort of the main the main point I would have. How about you? Yeah, agree, agree. I hundred percent agree with this. And it's it's just like some people like when I say that okay, moving from I'm gonna take a different example, like moving from jobs to businesses. If someone is trying to open something off their own, like start something off their own. And if they're going to think that, okay, I'm going to stop my job and I'm going to quit my job and then I'm going to focus right away full time on the business. Sometimes, yes, if you might get lucky, I would say, uh, because the the graphs or the trends tell that, okay, it takes years to build any kind of successful business that can, I would say, kind of replace the salary of the person if person is going to think that, okay, I'm going to quit my job and uh, going to get the same amount of money from the business initially. Wow. Uh, I don't think so. It's going to happen. Like it's, it will take time. Sometimes. Yes. I would say I'm not saying that it's not possible at all. I'm saying that, yes, it is possible, but I would say that, okay, first build your business try to generate income. And when you feel that it's, it's acting as a replacement of your salary, then jump on full time on that business and grow it further. And because financial risk, if like, it's kind of a different thing. And if you even, if you lose your business, it's fine. But if you have got money from the investors and if you lose that money, so you have got the now, uh, bad track record. And now if you will go for next round of investment for any other business, uh, the chances are you might not get it. So, so I would say that, okay, if you are taking your risk with your money, it's fine. But if you're taking the risk with other people's money, if you're not sure, do the calculation, do other things around it. Uh, like, okay, as Yura was explaining, do the, do the analysis, what kind of risk, are there so do the calculations and then take those risks kind of informed decisions around those risks yeah yeah no it's really good advice i think that's really important i think too often we find businesses fail because they didn't do the calculation and they move too quickly and then the other problem with that is not only does the business fail but they are so you know these people are then so discouraged mm -hmm. that's very hard for them to start again and I think that's actually almost almost worse in some ways because you don't want to see people fail. True, true, true. And uh, Yura, before we wrap up, where can we learn more about you and your business or even podcasts as well? Yeah, sure. So um, our businesses, you can find it at um, zeitgeistcoms.com. Um, so I'll just spell that for you. That's Z-E-I-T-G-E-I-S-T comms.com and the podcast is zeitgeist leadership pulse and basically on most of the podcast platforms um that you that you can find so yeah well, so we'd love to hear from you um feel free to also reach out on linkedin you can find me there just send me a message connect and always happy to talk to people awesome Thank awesome and, and issues so though tell us then about you know where we can find more about uh, out about your business Sure, sure. Uh, they can go to my website. Uh, listeners, you can go to my website, www.issuesing.com, I-S-H-U-S-I-N-G-H.com. You will find the things that I'm doing. 
Uh, you can find my social links, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and many other things. So you can, you can go there. You can find my podcast as well. My podcast is Starting to Know Business. So it's on all of the platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google. So you can go and listen to it and give me your feedback and give Yura's uh, podcast a good review as well and mine as well. Thank you so much, Yura, for coming to the pod today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was great talking to you. Damien.